Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Let's welcome Adri- Professor Adriano Nubunga, who is a professor of um, political science and a director of the Center for Democracy and Development, a civil society organization in Mozambique. Professor, thank you very much for joining. Good evening. Um, how are you doing this evening, Professor? I'm good, I'm good. And yourself? Uh, well, you know, with everything that we are facing um, as a global society with COVID-19, uh, restrictions on our movement, deaths, and now uh, what we are going to be talking about, um, the, the, the you know, beheading of people in Capo Delgado is just one that weighs heavy on my heart. And I'm hoping that you're going to be able to give us a bit of an understanding as to what is going on in the northernmost part of Mozambique in the province of Capo Delgado. Could you please give us an understanding as to when these uh, particular insurgencies uh, began? The insurgency began uh, in 2017. So it has been uh, almost three years now since the insurgency has started. Um, But the 2020, it is the year that um, we saw the escalation of the conflict. And it uh, captured the international attention. Yeah. Mm. So this year, 2020, has been a year that uh, really brought this insurgency to light. What what is the actual reason? Because I know it's been reported that uh, it is. Um, because there's the fight uh, from the Islamist militants who are attempting to establish an Islamic state in the region of Capo de Lagado. Is this the case? Well, um, yes, yes, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, the, as I've said in the beginning, the insurgency started um, three years ago, but only this year it has escalated into um, uh, a regional threat in terms of security and stability um, more generally, but particularly in terms of threatening um, the gas development in the gas-rich area of Mozambique, Cabo Delgado. The, The reason why I'm saying yes and no is the following. Um, in my view, the, the, the start of the insurgency, it was not um, um, uh, kind of stimulated by the ISIS uh, claims to establish a caliphate in that area. They, they, there is a great deal of local grievances in that area. Uh, There is neglect from central government in terms of regional development in that area. There's been historical neglect, which which has exacerbated into uh, people um, uh, getting to the level of anger to fight when uh, the gas development started to create new rich people, uh, some of which they are newcomers 
uh, in the area. Uh, and this has um, um, uh, built um, into the already existing grievances. Um, but again, all speaks to exclusion, neglect, marginalization, and the fact that the people, uh, particularly the youth, are not benefiting of the wealth um, that is being produced there, uh, starting from mining, starting from uh, logging, um, uh, touristic projects, and now the gas project that is not benefiting uh, local people. So the local elite, the local elite, um, they have started to agitate, um, which was later on kind of captured by uh, ISIS-linked sort of uh, groups. But uh, uh, originally, this conflict, it speaks to uh, domestic local grievances. So domestic local grievances now taken over by the ISIS, as you are saying, and uh, capitalizing on it. Are these all Mozambican citizens who are a part of this insurgency? Or is it people who are coming outside of Mozambique? Because it's it's never reported. It seems like it's all, you know, no one says where the people who are causing uh, the beheadings and the likes are coming from. Uh, Cabo Delgado area, it's a rich area. It has alluvial mining, uh, which has attracted uh, African um, um, people from all parts of the continent to that area in search of their own fortunes. And these people, they have settled there, uh, some of which their families there. And uh, these people were chased out by the state, which is more viewed into protecting the interests of the elite in that uh, in that area. So to your question of whether these people are only Mozambicans, obviously not. Uh, there is instrumentalization of disorder. That is true. But all these, it speaks to how the state um, was used um, by uh, the, the, the powerful elites, be them local elites, be them national elites, to marginalize, uh, to alienate uh, the people in the wealth that is being generated in the area. Reports of about 50 men being beheaded, children and women being abducted are reports that um, really bring, you know, chills to our, our, our spines and our hearts are bleeding because of this. But is it only just because of the wealth? Is it because... Um, those who have are, 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 are hogging the wealth and those who don't have are trying to get the wealth. Is that why 50 people must be beheaded on, on a public uh, sports ground? As I have um, uh, alluded to earlier, um, there are um, clear indicators that this insurgency, it was now captured by uh, um, Islamic state linked groups who are using terror to uh, threaten people. They are using terror um, to get people to follow them. So you have 
some sort of uh, ideological basis that is being uh, catalyzed, being used to build momentum. Um, you know, conflicts, they start small and then they grow big as different interests. They capture uh, the original uh, dynamics. So to me, that is clearly what is happening now, where uh, ISIS-linked groups, they are now um, venturing to capture this, and they see that the area is prone um, or is, is, is vulnerable or it, it is available into um, uh, the establishment of a caliphate in the area. But this was not, as I have indicated um, in my earlier um, uh, um, intervention, that was not the um, original motive. Now, what is the role of uh, the government in Mozambique? Because people are being displaced. Before you answer that, let me remind our A-teamers that we are speaking to uh, Professor Adriano uh, Nobunga, uh, who is a professor of uh, political science and a director of the Center for Democracy and Development, a civil society organization in Mozambique. We're speaking about uh, the insurgency that is happening in uh, Capo de Lagado province in the northern part of Mozambique. And a lot of people have died and a lot of people are being displaced. South Africans, let's speak about this. What are your thoughts? Please do call in on 011-714-2006 or SMS on 41391. WhatsApps go to 0614-104-107. Back to you, Professor. Um, you know, COVID-19 is one of the things that are making headlines worldwide. Everyone is so concerned about what's going on with COVID-19 and uh, have sort of like put to the side the issue in Capo Delegado. What is the government's role? People are displaced because of the insurgency in uh, Capo Delegado. A lot of families are without loved ones because they've been beheaded. But at the same time, there's still COVID in the in the country. So what role is government currently playing? And are they doing a good enough job? Uh, <laughs> government is facing a number of challenges, not only COVID-19, and the insurgency in northern Mozambique, but also the um, um, residual conflict in the central part of the country. You remember, um, it has been three decades now uh, that Mozambique is trying to, ha- to have a peace from its civil war that lasted for 16 years. Um, there has been some sort of low-intensity war in that in the central part of the country. So that's another challenge. But back to uh, COVID-19 and the insurgency, what uh, government is doing um, its best, not necessarily um, uh, the right way, um, uh, starting from how government is using, is leveraging uh, on the fact that Mozambique is sharing SADC in terms of mobilizing regional uh, support uh, to face the insurgency in northern Mozambique. I don't think that government is doing the right job there. It's not, um, it's not leveraging uh, the way people would have expected it to, to do since the May uh, Troika meeting in Harare. We have been expecting that uh, SADC would intervene, uh, but we haven't seen much. Government still it seems to preferring to have private military companies to intervene 
Uh, and that is really problematic in terms of governance, in terms of transparency, of how much money is being spent um, in the conflict. Um, so I don't think that government is, um, uh, have said that it is doing the best it can, but I don't think it is being necessarily right there in terms of regional mobilization. Because this um, uh, conflict in Cabo Delgado, if it is not repealed um, um, rapidly, it can um, become into a regional threat. And that I don't think it is in the interest of the region to see Mozambique uh, collapsing to um, uh, the ISIS-linked sort of insurgency in northern Mozambique. But not only that, um, if the insurgency is not repealed, that means that the project, the gas project, will be uh, uh, put in jeopardy and, and Mozambique would become um, uh, a sort of um, uh, a new global energy hub that would catalyze uh, economic integration in the region. So if the region is not properly being mobilized, that also means that the region will not, um, um, uh, will not benefit of that uh, uh, regional development. This is one angle. Mm. Go ahead. In terms of in terms of COVID nineteen, well, um, Mozambique is relatively stable uh, in terms of number of cases, also in terms of uh, casualties. So the government is to be commended for that. Um, they can claim uh, success. However. Um, looking, zooming it in, uh, Mozambique uh, got substantial funding uh, from the IMF in the form of credit, and that is not necessarily being properly used uh, in terms of uh, the procurement. And clearly, it seems that money uh, it is going to the very same hands of these people that have contributed into a weaker healthy system in the country into a weaker uh, social protection system in the country. So um, um, vulnerability, inequality is growing uh, also in the context of how government is handling the resources for COVID-19. COVID-19, insurgency, a lot of things that uh, the government of Mozambique is currently grappling with. Let me go to our A-teamers. We've got Ntandegi on the line. Good evening, Ntandegi. How are you doing? Hi, I'm okay, Patricia, after some time, really. Excellent. And thanks for this, but very interesting, but, but very painful one. Mm. Uh, the issue there in Mozambique, I've been following it very, very closely to the extent of the last time when the subject was having particular discussion for necessary intervention to assist our fellow Africans that side. But my only first concern, Professor Adriano, is a bit of a delay once the particular uh, outcry or uh, demonstrations by citizens changes the form to that of a military, the state should be capable to intervene timely. Therefore, the delay for the government at the time for not responding timely uh, is a bit of my concern there. But my concern is a bit uh, downgraded by the intervention by Sadiq 
And the intervention by SADC, although I hear your concern for a speedy response from that regional uh, body, it has to take the form of a gathering of intelligence throughout as to who are the real people behind the insurgents there in, in Mozambique. Uh, that intelligence gathering is so vital for any kind of response because we do know about IS, what is happening, what is caused. But I think the problem is to allow this particular government in the Sadek region to come up with a plan to deal with the matter, but appreciate this information gathering or dissemination to our fellow selves to understand what is really happening there in Mozambique. But I would further appreciate, Patricia, this matter in this kind of region, like in Mozambique, must always be to enjoy a prominent attention in our media platform so that we begin to share more understanding deeper in what is really informing that. Some may come up with their own analogies or interpretations of the situation as we are so distant to the situation. But I really appreciate that we need to find more clearer. But one point for sure that I think African Union, including the parliament as well of the African uh, uh, Union, has to find a particular programmatic uh, plan that may begin to ensure that there is harmony, understanding, and appreciation among fellow Africans themselves. Because the lack of that understanding, other people take advantage and exploit whatever emerging situation of its kind in that particular country. But nonetheless, Professor, thanks for this clarity that you are providing to us. I appreciate it, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mtandegi. Uh, Professor Nobunga, maybe let me give you an opportunity to respond to Mtandegi's uh, comments. No. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> he's right um, in that um, there is um, uh, in, in, in the delay uh, from uh, Mozambique government to, to respond. I think that speaks to what I, I, I was always talking about. But um, in terms of um, what sort of support is needed, I think that is crucial. But uh, uh, as we are running a little late, uh, I think uh, much more is expected as... Um, uh, the citizen of the region, um, I would like to see more robust intervention um, coming from the region, um, which at this point in time uh, needed to go beyond the intelligence uh, gathering. Clearly, there was um, intelligence gathering failure um, uh, and, and uh, to what is happening now. So I think um, if, if you take into account that only this year, only this year, um, we um, uh, witnessed uh, not uh, less than 200 attacks to villages, state institutions, and private uh, enterprises. So uh, this, it has evolved into a situation um, of uh, a conflict. A war zone. Uh, so I think at this point in time, what Mozambique needs really is um, is military aid. 
um, uh, so much more than intelligence gathering. Military aid, uh, that's what uh, Professor Adriano Nobunga uh, feels is needed in uh, Mozambique's uh, Capo Delegado province, which is uh, really grappling um, with um, the insurgents there. And uh, a lot of people are being displaced because of that. ATMers, please interact with us via WhatsApp on 0614104107, or you can call in on 011-714-2006. Let me go to some of the messages I've received. This one is from Voyo in Bloemfontein, who says, Patricia, it seems rulers have abandoned control of state for the common good. Sadly, states exist to serve the private interest of their elites. It's free for all. And then this one uh, message comes from Dumelo, who's in uh, Clerkstop. Dumelo says, good evening, Patricia. The problem with African countries is corruption. The people are hungry and frustrated, while the leaders, their families and friends, are hogging all the resources. It's it's a no-brainer that the people pick up arms and fight the oppressors. Sadly, it came in a form of these insurgents. It's very sad, but what concerns me here, Professor, is the fact that there's little to no access into um, Capo de Lagado for uh, for humanitarians to come in and help, uh, for journalists to come in and report. We are really we, we are we are really grappling to get to the crux or the core because Capo de Lagado is not accessible in terms of what's going on with the insurgency. You are absolutely right. Uh, that's why I was saying that government is not uh, doing necessarily right in all uh, key uh, responsibilities from a government. Um, uh, but starting from humanitarian crisis, uh, no doubt that um, the situation in Cabo Delgado is that of Mozambique's uh, biggest humanitarian crisis since the end of the civil war in 1992. Uh, people were forced to leave their homes. Uh, almost the population of two districts that fled uh, into um, uh, looking for uh, safe places. And they have don't have a proper government support. Uh, they have to risk their lives uh, traveling by boat uh, for more than 15 hours, uh, no uh, water, no proper, um, uh, no adequate um, kind of condition. And um, when they arrive uh, in Pemba and Montepoche, there is no proper government uh, infrastructure there awaiting to assist uh, our fellow citizens that are being affected by the conflict. And in addition to that, I mean, we are in the, in, in the COVID era. Uh, the, the, um, the mechanisms to prevent um, for COVID uh, spread in that area, they're not properly uh, in place. So government has clearly said that it has no capacity to deal um, with, with that. Government, um, it has moved from a solely military, militaristic approach into a more socioeconomic one. They have created um, a mega uh, institution there, which is the white elephant. Um, uh, it hasn't, it hasn't um, uh, started any kind of activities in order to engage uh, the people in a form of addressing the root causes 
which is speak as I've indicated to marginalization, exclusion, and lack of, be- of people uh, participating and benefiting from the um, rich um, um, uh, natural resources that are being um, uh, exploited by uh, key multinationals in connection to the elite uh, of this country. So, uh, not everything uh, is going very well. This is one. Number two, when it comes to access to information of what is happening in Northern Capital that government is clearly a part of violating the most basic principles of informing its citizens and the world. Uh, it makes life impossible. Some of the journalists have been abducted uh, others, they are still missing for more than one year now that we don't know where these journalists are now. And their last messages, they were saying they were surrounded by people with state uniform, uh, suggesting that they might be in the hands uh, of the army. And, and government um, um, uh, is making it impossible for journalists and civil society uh, activists and um, all human rights defenders to access to um, uh, where the, um, the battlegrounds are taking place in order to inform us not only of the atrocities, but also the extent that the claims of violation of human rights um, 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 uh, are factual. So with this happening, we cannot have um, a proper sense of what is happening apart from the social media footage that circulates and some of which is clearly propagandistic from both sides. So um, uh, back to my earlier point, government is not necessarily doing everything right in terms of what are the key responsibility of a government that is facing an insurgency or a military um, hostility. Let me go to Michelle, who's holding on the line. Good evening, Aitima. Michelle, how are you doing? Oh, we are well, thank you. Okay. Okay. Salvadori Shangala Asimasilan, one of the greatest okay. African uh, traditional uh, healers. So, my beloved, the question of Mozambique uh, is not only Mozambique, it's here in this country and all over. It's mankind's greed. For the meantime, as we're in the course of history, to the state of evolution, you see, we learned from the best, from uh, our brothers the Northern Hemispherians, because they are rich today, their countries are, are, are as they say in, in, in another language, they are very rich uh, because of murdering, because of looting. 
So, but we should make a difference. We should not follow them. And then, he said, they are still influencing. So let us be loving one another and understand the problem that, you know, greed, uh, the enemy, our enemy is not one another. The enemy is hatred for the meantime, uh, the spirit of hatred, because there is the spirit of love, there is the spirit of hate. There is the progressive forces and the retrogressive. So for the meantime, what is uh, trending? It's hatred, it's uh, retrogress. But we are, it, as I say, in the course of history to the state of evolution, it's first things first. We are getting there to the, we are in hell for the meantime. We are getting to heaven. Uh, Thank you very much, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Uh, Prof, let me go to uh, a comment here from uh, one of our other A-teamers via SMS who says, to speak bluntly, African governments in general are a disaster, especially after the attainment of liberation. One wonders if Africa as a whole will overcome the scourge. South Africa included, with no exception. This is really disgusting. That's from PJ. And uh, another one here from Donald in uh, Rustenburg. Donald says, good evening, Patricia and all uh, teamers. Uh, It's uh, so sad that the people of Mozambique are still persecuted by terrorists after a civil war led by Alfonso uh, Renamo. So South Africa is crying. The world is crying. But uh, when we look at uh, what the international world is saying, it's not much to a point where there's even been some tweets. I I think this was a tweet that was uh, posted posted sometime in November, the 10th of November, if I'm correct. Um, and it was posted by at Maria Worth One, who says, where are hashtag Black Lives Matter? Media, government, over 50 men beheaded, women, children kidnapped, yet hardly any reaction by the world. Compared, um, compared with a de- four dead in Vienna, the whole world stood with Austria. Why this discrimination? Hashtag Mozambique. So there's 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 all this uh, compassion towards Mozambique, but there's also uh, seemingly uh, some sort of discordance uh, between what we as a global society do to react when something is happening in Africa, as opposed to when it's happening elsewhere in the world. You're absolutely right. It is it is shocking. It is absolutely shocking. Um. You, but that also speaks to how African leaders they disrespect the lives of their uh, fellow citizens. Uh, as I'm, 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 I was saying, uh, in in the case of Mozambique, in particularly the northern Mozambique, I mean. Uh, the, the approach by the government, um, of course, um, it, it is constrained by the lack of means, so on and so forth. But uh, it is not uh, properly uh, in accordance to the um, to the good governance concept in terms of respect to human rights. Number one. The, the, the first responsibility of a government is to make sure that human, uh, human rights are respected and are protected. But that's not necessarily what we see. Number one, in terms of how government is handling the, um, the internally displaced people. Um, secondly, how is responding in terms of 
those who are trying to access to the conflict area in order to document what is happening. And the, 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 uh, the approach is trying as, um, uh, what they can to make information not accessible. So this way of um, approaching the situation, as I was saying, it is not consistent to, um, to good governance on the one hand, and more importantly, it's not uh, consistent to the respect um, of uh, the rights that the citizens and respect to their, uh, to their lives. So it, it is because of this that um, we see the globe not responding the way people uh, would have expected uh, them to respond because the African government, particularly the Mozambican government, is in a more denial mood into possibilities of atrocities, possibilities of violations of human rights, and even in those cases where uh, um, abuses of human rights are documented and there is footage, they would deny that. So that tells you of how much that particular government, in this case the Mozambican government, is respecting the lives of its own citizens. So I think this is, this is uh, the key issue. But um, um, back to the earlier comment of one of your um, uh, participants uh, 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 via WhatsApp um, talking about the lack of development. I would uh, link it more to the lack of transformation. Since the founding father until the current uh, leadership of most of African countries, what you see is a political decay is a political underdevelopment in terms of no progress, no transformation. And with the, um, uh, the exponential growth of population, particularly of the young people, uh, which, is, uh, which encounters uh, lack of development, corruption, um, uh, that um, is a recipe for problems. And Mozambique uh, is clearly trapped by the quality of the governance since the end of the civil war. We have been saying that governance, um, particularly corruption, and the lack of a, um, a developmental uh, uh, kind of uh, democracy that leads into the situation where uh, there is uh, stagnation, uh, there is stagnation in a context where the elite uh, those who are in power and their um, uh, friends, their relatives, they are exhibiting um, uh, patterns um, uh, of life that they um, uh, are kind of problematic to their masses that are starving. If you look at the uh, unemployment rate um, in Mozambique and, and the region, that is serious. They, the problems of public debt, um, and again and again the issue of corruption, where the elites, they are the ones who benefit from that, it obviously leads into frustration, and in most of these cases, uh, it leads into, um, um, into uh, extremism uh, sort of violence. 
Professor, I wish we had more time uh, to discuss what uh, is going on in uh, Capo Delegado, but I'm sure that uh, as uh, more information unfolds and uh, more is said uh, by African Union, uh, by SADC, by the leaders in Mozambique, we'll be able to interact. Thank you so very much for sharing your time and your knowledge. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Professor. That was Professor Adriano Nubunga, a professor of the political science and a director of uh, the Center for Democracy and Development, a civil society organization in Mozambique. Very sad what's going on in Capo Delegado. I hope, I, you know, sometimes I ask myself if everything if everything that is happening around the world right now is centered around resources, then should we not change the way we look at these resources? Because I'm sure that Mother Nature has given out enough resources for everyone who's on earth to be able to share. Because yeah, everything I heard around Capo Delegado is making me really realize that sometimes we don't fight each other and kill each other because of of the sake of doing it. We are doing it purely because of resources. And that's where this insurgency in Mozambique began, because of natural resources and gas. Those who have, please share. There's more than enough for all of us. This is SAFM, Late Night Conversations. The time now is 11 o'clock. Let's take a bit of a musical interlude. We need a break. We need a breather. After that, we go and talk to Umako Sikabashe, who's going to be talking to us about the role of traditional leaders when it comes to COVID-19. Umako Sikabashe, why are you so quiet? So that's what we're going to be talking about a bit later. The number to dial is 011 or WhatsApp 0614 104 7.